every podcast I say I'm a youth mentor I'm actually creating my own foundation brand brand new this year for me because I have an entrepreneur mindset I want to tackle the things that people haven't tackled so for instance getting the actual premises like really going for it so I've got a local petition that I'm starting you can find it on change.org which is basically turning the old NatWest building on Acton High Street to a youth community complex uh, so I just started a great idea to have a crowdfunding campaign in my local area so go and support us we've got a page and a link to that what I would like to say is my month demonstration. Like, yeah, you can get it. It wasn't no outlet for me. I was on French on Sloss and I created an outlet. My trunk. You feel what I'm saying? If everything is cheap, the camera we filming this interview on is probably less than two hundred dollars. You know what I mean? So you can you can definitely touch people for the for a small amount of money if that's what you want to do. It's no longer a ten thousand dollar camera, two hundred thousand dollar studio. It's not that that day and age is over with. It's it, the playing field is level. So if you got an idea and a game plan and you want to do something, you can really do it. And I, that's my example I said. Welcome to the Desire to Inspire podcast. I'm Jerome. I'm a youth mentor, entrepreneur, and I'm here to talk about what I do and why I do it. And if you take, you know, all the jewels and all the gems that I drop, 20% of that, and you'll definitely make some change in your life. So today, basically, I wanted to adopt the 5 a.m. club rule this week so my thing is to get up every day and complete them daily habits from the compound effect that i can implement in my life to make long-term effect so today i kind of got up at five and the whole point of me just not speaking it and getting people inspired is actually living it and being it and being embodiment of it and, and being a actual living proof that is possible so on my instagram on my youtube it is that um, you know, living what I'm saying and not just saying it. Um, I want people to see me working, you know. Uh, so that's the whole point of me doing all this documentation is to actually have proof and, and evidence that this isn't just me talking, this is action too. Um, so at the end of the day, the first two hours of the day um, could be the most important, so from 5 to 7 a.m. So my day started off, I got up at 5 a.m., I made my bed, brushed my teeth, washed my face, meditated for five minutes, got up, got ready, walked to the gym, uh, done my session for an hour. So done my 20 minute spin back as usual. Um, and I started to do a lot of triceps. I've done the shoulder press and, and chest press today. Um, and then obviously on the way to work, I read the, what you see is what you get by Alan Sugar. But unfortunately I didn't have a chance to find anything of value to share. So I'm still going to keep reading and I'm proud of myself to even get to this stage to even look back like 10 years ago and think like I was actually going to read a 600 page book like no way you know but it's about business it's about something I'm passionate about so it's not a big deal um so yeah so this week has been really interesting and I remember like hearing someone today on the train station and like they always said that eavesdropping is bad and stuff and I've got so much good things from eavesdropping and it says something about if you drink like like water every day for a month it becomes a habit and you get acquired to the taste and we love to have like sugary stuff and we get addicted to it you know drinking all this coke and stuff but you know if you drink water every day two liters you know anything everything is a discipline and I feel like if you feel a certain way to do it that's fine you gotta use these as triggers and, and you know pushes to get you going but um the main part of my day was really just going through my network for this youth mentorship. You're the average of the five people you talk to the most and it's not what you know, it's who you know. So 
half of what you do is about your relationships with who you have around you. Uh, that's a known fact. That's a common fact. Um, so at the end of the day, for me, the 30 cool challenge is something that I got from Ryan Leslie when I heard about him. I didn't really know much about him. And he inspired me from that day forward and I wanted to understand it deeper. I have talked about my relationship journey in other podcasts. So I'm not going to go into it here. Uh, but majority of my you know, network list is just compiled of the milestones I want to meet, um, the people I want to connect with, and my objectives that I want to, short-term objectives that I need to hit. And these are like massive milestones. So I've kind of made some sort of like organic uh, or strategic plan connected to the people that I meet and people that I'm connected to to make things happen. Because it really takes, um, you're the five people you talk to the most. Who you're talking to on a daily basis matters. Like I want to keep driving this home because it matters so, so much. Um, and I want to be, again, to be living proof that this is possible. So I've actually paid money, I've vested in myself, the best thing I've ever done in the six weeks uh, relationship building masterclass. And you need to know who your top five. So if you want to be uh, like me, you know, a youth mentor and have your own youth center, which I, I'm doing, who are the five people that I can talk to on a daily basis or weekly basis that can make that happen in the future? And that's how I need to think. So that's really what it is. Most people, um, this is from Ryan Leslie, knows you know, I only touch with 3% of the people in their, their phone they've ever talked to. So if you increase that to 20% or 50%, you'll be amazed at, at the outcome. So your input will determine your output. What you get out of life, you put in, and that's so, so key. And I had a nice epiphany today of like, I can get sporadic and, you know, do so much different things and that's fine. And loads of entrepreneurs, I've never met an entrepreneur that does one thing, but I feel like I need to focus on one thing at a time. That's something that's a, that's something that's a struggle for me, I'm being honest. So I like to learn and I like to just read and I'm going to drop my first book. It's called The One Thing, The Surprisingly Truth About Behind Extraordinary Results. And the author is Jay Paspan. Really important book, so, so key. And I think it's it's good for me to learn because I can get really sporadic and creative and do different things, but I need to know to focus. And again, the second book I'm going to drop, which related to that, which is Focus, the Hidden Driving, the Hidden Driver of Excellence by Daniel Coleman. And this, this how I got interested in this book is that I was on a train on the central line and I'm so, I'm such an observant person. So I like to see what people do, whether on the phone, whether they're on the newspaper, whether they're just doing whatever and for me anyone that's reading the book they must be interesting what, why they're reading the book on the train they're a minority on the train so for me I'm reading the book I'm like okay no one else is on the train reading the book you might have to be the only person on the carriage reading the book so long story short I peeped my head literally in the moment looked at the book I googled it on my phone Amazon bam brought it it was like £10 like, and part of that book which is the funniest thing when he says, oh, yeah, the only time people have full 100% focus is when they're having sex. Like, who's going to answer a text when they're doing that, you know? So it's really going to the psychological uh, focus. Um, and it's so, so key to just, like, focus on one thing. And my, my friend actually has the analogy of, like, having a, having a rock and just sitting there looking at the rock for a long period of time. Like, it's not easy, let's be honest. And we all got short attention spans. And so... That's my thing. I want. I want to work on, and that's the two books that I'm that I picked up that I got on my bookshelf that I'm actually working towards. And um, going back to the Ryan Leslie Masterclass, six week Masterclass, it was basically about relationship building. Um, and week one was just about going through all the contacts contacts on my phone. I got over two hundred eighty five contacts on my phone. Then the week two, I had to go through like the most people 
that was important in my categories and subcategory them in terms of people I need, people who need me and people who we need each other. Categorize that as a lot of work. Uh, week three, I had to get the circle of five, how close we are from one to ten, and really look at who's actually going to answer your call when you call them. And again, it's based on that same thing at the top. Um, so if you strategically do this, you can actually get results if you stick with it. This stuff it actually works. Um, so again, you've got a list of the people that you can call straight away, um, and then you move your contacts at the pyramid level of intimacy based on the expected time of response. And doesn't mean that you don't have them in your phone. Like if you have them on LinkedIn, if you have them on Instagram, email, like it doesn't matter. You've got to find a way to get all the information in terms of communication in your phone, regardless if they replied or not. Because now we've got to get into the habit of communicating these people. Um, so for me, I got the top five people um, in school staff members in categories, ranked them in categories and the importance to me to meet my objective. That's mutually beneficial. So the whole point of it is to build mutually beneficial relationship that will last long. And it's it's, it's a win-win relationship. Um, so again, that's what it's about. Um, and obviously, if people don't get back to you, it's fine. Just um, put a reminder, and this is the next works, put reminders to keep contacting them until they do return your call. And this week, no, sorry, week five, which was basically talking about making 15 calls a week, um, and just just being persistent with it because maybe only four or five people will answer, answer or get back to you but again you have to make a tally um, you have to make a log in terms of how long you contacted them so f- for now I've actually contacted um, three people already because I'm still doing my list as I go to try and work it out how I'm going to contact these people um, but yes and, and this week so I'm making 30 calls a week and I can always go back and start from the beginning and, you know, work my way down. But where I am now is just looking at people where we can add value to each other and going through my whole list of people. So I need to do this every day. I've eradicated doing other things because I want to focus on this, like I said. Uh, so that's my main thing is just, just doing this every day. And to be honest, like, this is probably the highest priority in terms of getting the legislations done, getting everything up to scratch and ready. There's a lot to do. Like, I don't want to go too much into what I'm doing, but I want to build a team and all this other stuff. So the main thing is just doing it every day and doing what I need to do every day because there's so much to do. And obviously, I want to make my album. I do. I've got so much stuff recorded I want to produce, uh, but I maybe need to do it every other week or just do it in the studio sessions or just find a way to make it all work rather than cramming everything and being intense with it. Um, so I've decided just to cut out the sessions for this week. You know, it's really about, I need to go back into this. It's actually down here. I'm going to go and pick it up right now. So this is a priority management. So basically, I feel like I need to work on my priority management. And this is part of it. Um, and, you know, I need to make tough choices. And that's the whole point. Um, everything matters. Everything's important. But you need to kind of prioritize. Prioritization is the key to productivity. Um, so I've decided to do that. Put the book aside. <clears throat> obviously like I'm writing a book with why conversations matter um, but I feel like just needs to structure it better we can do it but we can't put it all into one hole we need to just take our time with it so if anybody's ever read this book I like dropping books I love it because these actually help me so like I said I'll go over something like this and I'll look at I'll read a book for leisure first and then I'll just read it again and then I'll start highlighting the words and then I'll read it again 
and find out what I can apply. And then it's just like, I see these books, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I see all of these entrepreneur and business and personal development books as my Bible. Like, no one reads the Bible once. People, you know, talk about extracts from the Bible all day long. And that's what this is. This is something they live by. This is something that you read over and over and over again. This is something you just read once. This is something that you live with, you know. So, this is another book. I need to definitely drop this because this is the information that I'm sharing. And it's called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen R. Covey. So, this is important. And in this book, it really talked about productivity. And the one thing I'll take from it is that he has a table which basically describes the urgency of tasks. Um, whether you need to do them now, um, if they're important, if they're not urgent but important, so you plan to do it later. Urgent but not important, so you can delegate it to somebody else, or partner, or a team member. Or D, not urgent, not important, so you can eliminate and eradicate it. So you need to be able to work out what goes in the list of hierarchy. And you can actually get a, a table of this on the internet, actually, to be fair. Uh, but yeah, go and read that book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen R. Covey. Really good book. And yeah, like I had to work on my prioritization, man. I had to know exactly what I needed to do. So I feel like literally when I'm doing the podcast, I'm telling you I'm eradicating uh, the process of my album. I'm eradicating my book and just focus on building this foundation. That's it. There's so much to do and there's so much that I need to just focus on every day, all the time and just make that my sole thing. Um, and I feel like once this is done, it'll be fine. Um, so yeah, that's the stat. And then today, basically, um, I was started my 30 day challenge. I feel like I'd called somebody first from a, well, I called a few people. I, I like a message, two people and I called one person and we had a really good conversation. So I don't know if I told you, but I attended a black kids matter zoom, like back in August, I think it was, or whenever the George Floyd was just after that. And I just, you know, for me, I just love taking action. Right. And when I spoke to some of the people, or just made contacts. It wasn't really, no one's really done anything. That's like months ago, and that's part of the problem. Um, but I had a really good conversation with a really, really, I need to name drop because we need to give people their flowers because we don't wait until people die and say they were great. People are great today. We have living legends today, right? Um, they just ain't got the trophies and, and the publications yet. But her name is Simone Fraser and she's a mother first. And she's someone that just, we just spoke passionately like like, like tennis, Right, and it was just like we. I need to meet this like in my head. I need to meet this person, and yeah. Long story short, I'm gonna follow up. But she was part of my list of the people because obviously, like again, it isn't just people that you know. This is people you need to build relationship with. This is the whole point. You need to build five people that can actually change your life. If they're gonna put another quote out there, Ryan Leslie says, "If you as a man, you know, invested that time, you chased that one girl, that if you don't." you know, if you break up, you never talk to them ever again, like they're just dead, that, you know, if you spend that time investing in the five people that can change your life, where would your life be in five years? Like, I've already said in this podcast, I'm dedicating the next five years to change my life and build my wealth. So, I'm ready. I'm I'm not putting anything else in front of that, you know, so, I'm going to keep going with that. So, I've decided to, you know, have no social life and just focus on the goal and focus on myself and just yeah just be focused I don't want to go go too much into it but I followed up with her we're gonna go have another call tomorrow it was an amazing call and I feel like I definitely definitely just 
was looking for somebody with the passion and I found someone. Um, but obviously, yeah, doing the network is part of that, making the calls. So for me, even if I don't make the 15 calls, I've made at least five calls. Or th- this is just the first day, to be fair, but um, I need to work on this plan. And I feel like when I was doing this, no, yesterday I was, because I, I screen recorded the um, Zoom. So I was like, like watching the Zoom and I was like, looking at who are the people that stand out to me? Like, and who are the people that actually can answer my call? Like, at this levels are busy, right? People are busy, but if it's important, they'll answer your call. So there's certain people I know, like already looking at what they've done and they ain't gonna answer my call right now, right? So I will just make the links online and maybe get their attention through content. But because this person was open to sharing their number, which most people aren't, right? Direct communication, people are buying emails. I just said, let me just call this lady and just see what she's saying. So in the morning, I just texted her and I was like, I attended the Zoom. I like what you said. Let's link up. The funny thing is she thought I was somebody else, but it doesn't even matter. The fact of the matter is once we called and we had the conversation, the energy, I could feel it through the phone. Like that's how powerful it was. And I genuinely believe if, if, if I can connect with more people like Simone Fraser, wow, the world, because we believe, we think the same things. So, and she's just like me. I followed up with the people that ran the Zoom. I was emailing people, everyone. Like, I'm on it like that. I want change. I actually genuinely want change. I was telling the kid today in a school, like, why do you, I only worked in the school because I want to make, I want to be part of the change. I don't want to be sitting there on the sidelines complaining about it. I actually want to do something about it. And if that's something small, if that's something big, something is better than nothing. And I feel like too much people talk. And I talk, I'll put my hand up and say I talk for England, but no one can ever turn around and say I don't do nothing. So I talk a lot, but I do a lot too. I back my words up. I back my, like, whether it's right or wrong, I learn, I grow. Like, people are just too scared to make mistakes. People are too scared. People just live in fear. And the reality is, you need to really, I'm going to keep saying this, let your words match your ambition. Because that's really what it is. If you've got a big mouth, if you say this and say that and all this, you can talk for an hour and a half straight. But what are you doing? That's what really matters. That's your real value and currency in your life. Is what can people see, you know, not what they hear. So obviously it's Black History Month. This month, obviously, we're going to not even pressurize the schools, but we need to have the conversation of why it matters and why does it matter for black kids today and what are we teaching? What are we not teaching these black kids? Are we starting at slavery or are we not? And for me, you know, I want to bring my cousin because my cousin, again, I like to drop names, Karina, like she is a person who actually loves history. From from college to A-levels, you might have been one of the first, might be the first cousin that I know that actually done her GCSEs and A-levels, bruv, and passed them all. Like, So talking to her was so, so key, like, because I wanted to get to like what, her brain thought is in terms of her son what does she want her son to know about black history right and I, I asked her that question rather than well what do you think I should tell my school I'm saying look what, what do you if you were to have a conversation with a history teacher now and say look we're teaching clean black history give us some guidance what would you like what would you give us and she gave me a really good um, answer in terms of like not watching Roots all the time watching something called Hidden Colours which is more uplifting not oppressive and making people hate their the the other races is actually making people feel positive, you know. Talking about people like um, C. L. R. James again is it's crazy because like a lot of white people don't know about black history, but a lot of black people don't because we're third generation here. We're so far removed from the history, and a lot of it is in America. So 
we, a lot of people haven't got cultural identity, I feel like, and a lot of the children that have cultural identity, for me, I don't know a lot. Let's be, like, like I'm honest. Like, the only, the, reason, the only reason Karina probably knows about this is because she's passionate about it. So she's going to go ahead and research things and and be on it and just start sharing it and just, because she doesn't get no one asking her questions like this. And for me, I love it. For me, anyway, if I were to get any youth, like, if I, if I was in charge of, like, the black youth in my school and say, look, this is what I want to teach you, I would actually want to teach something that's more relevant because you, if you think about it, like, we're in, already in history already. We're creating history. There's stuff that, kids can remember from how many years ago and I would start with the binge rush specifically just because just yeah just simply because most of our grandparents were that generation and I believe that that's our history we should start there we should start there and go back you know because it's relevant it's something that's close and go to the positive role models in this generation or maybe a generation before that actually may change and impact um talking about independence as well the independence in countries and the race riots in London, again, that's more recent. It's something that they can relate to. That's something their parents are part of. So I feel that is important. People would say, why don't you have an um, Asian History Month? But, you know, generally speaking, as a black man, a lot of history has been erased. You know, we've got slave names and surnames. And, you know, the, again, the cultural identity isn't there. Like, a lot of people don't have a back home. And, yeah, so because we're third generation here, it's way different to me if you're the second generation here. So if your parents are born here, they came here for a better life. It's all on you. You're more likely to succeed. If you if you're if you're if your third generation is harder, obviously, because you're trying to keep up, you know. But I'm not gonna go too much into this. But that's something that just came in my head. It's actually Black History Month. We need. What do we need the kids to learn? In my head, I'm like, why is it important? What do the kids need to learn? And more specifically. What do the white kids need to learn? If you're if you're white and you don't know nothing about black history, what do we want them to really learn about black history? Right? And I feel like it's so so key and so so important. But um that's kinda kinda what it was, man. But I like I like what's going on in this generation. I feel like this is the change generation in terms of like millennials and, 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 and Gen Zs and stuff. And um I've just I've just I think I've talked about this before, but you know, having like the life cycle of like newly qualified teachers people ain't gonna stay in jobs for 20 years day and age is gone in terms of like having a career and getting up a career ladder and but most people would actually get a teaching degree but again through relationships they'll probably get a job straight as a teacher but if you want to go from the bottom up you might go as the LSA you might go as a TA and then eventually you'll become a teacher right through courses and stuff like that in this day and age I'll be honest with you I said that in 20 years there's no there's no uni this is my uni. Amazon is my uni. All these books are my uni lecturers, right? And YouTube are my teachers, like. And if you can educate yourself, self-education is the best. That's the way forward. I believe that people need to learn to educate their children. It's not hard. You don't have to be smart. There's courses on everything. Go online and teach how to tutor your children. You know, do short courses in tutoring. You're just reiterating what what's online already and. We shouldn't rely on institutions to teach our children. We should teach our children ourselves. And as part of building your own economy, having your own wealth, educating your children, everything is self. Um, and, we, and we have to have these conversations of what are the schools teach you black history when we should be doing it ourselves. In reality, we should. We should be saying, look, Black History Month, every day we're going to go to Sosa's house, all the cousins, all the siblings, and we're going to learn about our people. That, that should be, well, to be honest, I'm doing that with my children. Like, you know, I don't know what God would bless him with, but even if it was mixed children, I would I would show them about black race. Like that's for me that's important. I don't care what no one says. Like 
you know, we're trying to shine the light and make it about us. But I think it's important. It's important for a reason. It's brought here to be part of the curriculum for a reason. That's how I look at it. The national curriculum is embodied black history. So, yeah, I think it's so, so important in schools. Um, young people are the future. Why are they the future? I believe they're the future because everybody is a product of their upbringing and kids are sponges. If you want to study psychology, you get to know that, you know, you're an environment sponge and you look, you, you, you see the world, how you grow up. So even if I was even saying today to Simone, even if these people treat people a certain way, it's only because of how they grew up and how they see the world. So you can't even fault them, but we need to educate them today. We can't, we can't go back in the past and say, oh, you should have been this, or you, oh, your mum should have taught you that. Or, it just wasn't the time. It is what it is. It is what it is. But the reality is we can educate people today. And that's where I am. I am at a point where even I've got to say the wrong thing to do the right thing, I'll do that. Because people suffer in silence too much. People have too much to lose. But once you feel like you have nothing to lose, you can go all out and do the right thing. And I feel that's so, so key. Um, but... I'm always going to stand up for children, of course, black children, of course, because I was speaking to a girl today and I was thinking to myself, like, hearing her, like, why she got kicked out of a class and why she got moved class, I just thought it was so silly. Like, I just didn't understand it. I didn't understand what was going on. And I'm a root guy. I'm a person I like to go to the root of the problem. I like to have prevention, better than cure. My whole foundation is based on that. My whole foundation is based on being in the primary, working on the issues, being in the secondary, working on the issues before we even get to head teachers excluding and all of this stuff and going down the pre and AP route. We're trying to, prevention's better than cure. That's where we are. And the best thing I can do is use my gift, not even gift of the gap, I'll just say my people skills of being open and listening and understanding the youth and giving them what they need from having a conversation. And the more voice the youth have I'm going to say it one more time the more voice the youth have the better it is we can't assume what they need we need to give them what they need and that's about it so I'm not going to talk for too long I was going to end you with this everything you do is learned behaviour and we got to make sure that we're adopting the right positive habits for our young people to see <laughs>